one or two percent it's not just a milk choice it is ryan day's off-season philosophy welcome to snap judgments they're brought to you by buyers auto that is bill landis jeremy birmingham i am austin ward and we finally heard from the ohio state coach again for the first time in six-ish weeks and there was a lot to cover there was and the point that was hammered home was finding that one or two percent that one or two more drives that ohio state needs to get back to its goals and there were a lot of ways that he talked about doing that, Bill. So where should we begin? I mean, we should probably start with Bill O'Brien, which is the question that got us to that revelation from Ryan Day. And like, Ryan Day is like the rest of us. He doesn't know what Bill O'Brien is going to do. Bill O'Brien was in a building today, which I guess is good for Ohio State as it hopes to hold on to its newly hired um, offensive coordinator. But And like, we've talked about it a lot. I suppose it's not worth like dwelling on, is he going to go or is he going to stay? I would probably just prefer to pretend like he's going to be here and then if he's not, we'll talk about that when the time comes. Um, but that was sort of the impetus of hiring a Bill O'Brien type was like finding those areas on the margins where Ohio State can get a little bit better. Like Ryan Day said, like they're different than a lot of programs. They're not. And, and Brian Hartline has actually said this too, like talking about his receiver room. They're not looking for miles and miles of improvement. They're already there. They're already a step ahead of almost everybody else in the sport. But you got to get better in those marginal areas, that 1% or 2% to, to get yourself over the top and win a national championship. And Ryan Day viewed – his stepping back from play calling and coordinating the offense and handing that off to somebody he trusts as one way to do that, which is, it's not surprising. I think we all agree with, with that thought process, but it's, it's kind of the first time that he's actually said it. And he said, like, I want to give up play call. Oh, he doesn't want to give up play calling, but he <laughs> is going gonna to do it. He is going to give up play calling to Bill O'Brien. So there are a lot of machinations of, of that idea, but I think that's the biggest one is like, is Ryan day doing what's best for the program by doing what he's done the previous five years? Or does he need to adapt? And he's, he's now adapting. It was also insightful to hear him say, like, he wanted to do this a year ago. He knew he wanted to do it a year ago. He couldn't lean all in because what he said is, like, I'm not just going to give that job to someone because it's a job. And he understands more than ever. And I think that's probably my biggest takeaway is just the growth in him as a head coach and realizing how his job is changing. Uh, It's something we've talked about ad nauseum over the last few months. But to hear him say, I got this job because of what we did on offense, but I can't be that guy anymore. It was a bit of a uh, like an unexpected take to hear him verbalize today. So, uh, to me, that was the biggest thing. And understanding that if Bill O'Brien takes this Boston College job, the word Ryan Day said was adapt, and they'll figure it out. Now, he he did not go all in when Doug asked him, like, okay, so Bill O'Brien leaves, what then? Are you automatically give that job to another guy once you find him? And he didn't seem to be completely sold on that idea. Like maybe things revert again, which I hope for his sake and for the program's sake doesn't happen. Um, but uh, it seemed interesting that he was not like fully committed to saying, yes, I'm absolutely going to find the next guy down the list and that guy's going to take over what we were going to do with Bill um, because it didn't seem like he was willing to say that. Well, not everybody's resume is the exact same as Bill O'Brien. So to expect, you know, even if you look amongst the candidates that we knew were involved, they all don't have the same le- depth of experience offensive or otherwise head coach or otherwise that Bill O'Brien does so if you do have to tweak that I mean I, that's clearly not the preference Ohio State didn't just make this move really oh Bill O'Brien's available let's take him I mean Ryan Day was carefully looking at people to take on that role and and to take some things off of his plate so who else would really do that amongst the other groups like that's something that Ohio State would then have to work out that's why we say it's not ideal it's not that Ohio State can't attract another high-level co- candidate if they need to they absolutely would but that person, but that person is not going to have the exact same resume as Bill O'Brien. So, 
I, I think the end goal still has to be that Ryan Day knows he can't call plays. That's, as you said, he knew that a year ago. He knew that in the middle of last season, that it wasn't quite working the way that he wanted it to. So when you're talking, goes back to the, the 1% or 2%, which I think is fascinating because it's worth a reminder. When we, when we think about the areas that Ohio State can improve, they're not doing it from a place where everything is damaged beyond repair. I think sometimes, speak for myself, that it's like, this, this, this can all be improved, but they're not that far away. So if you are one play away from beating Michigan in the big house, you're pretty close to winning a national championship. If you were a field goal away from beating Georgia in the Peach Bowl in the college football playoff semifinal, you're not that far away from winning a national championship. So I think sometimes it comes off as like, well, everything is just negative, negative, negative. It's not, I mean, but it's not to the level that Ohio State expects it to be. So for Ryan Day to talk about those things more clearly and in the proper perspective that they're very close and the moves that they made didn't have to be over the top. They didn't have to flip the entire roster. They didn't have to add 20 players. They had a huge uh, group of guys decide to put off the NFL to come back. They took seven guys in the transfer portal. It's not really different from what they've done in years past uh, in the grand scheme of things. I think that's a healthy, healthy reminder for me and maybe for others. I don't know. Doesn't yeah. that suck though? Like he has, and you go into this press conference today uh, on signing day, which was, I think there was one recruiting question asked, and it was by me, obviously, because I'm just like going to throw something out there to get a, a Dominic Kirk's quote. But all the good things that have happened in the last month, and so much of this press conference is focused on, well, what about if this falls apart? What like I don't think a lot of it was. I, it, it, I, at least, at least twenty five percent of it, right? Twenty five percent of it's probably. Yeah, but I thought it was going to be seventy. We thought it was going to be more. Uh, so I mean, I, I think that there's a, a reminder, as you're saying, like they are that close. You know, I mean, it it, it is just a, a step or two further that you have to take, and it's not something where, you know, I, I think Ryan Day heading into this press conference, I I, I would have expected would have been like. Hey, swagger. Hey, guys. But like, He's wearing a real, real sharp blazer. Well, if he wasn't dealing with like three or four or five days of uncertainty about yeah. what has to happen. That's what I'm saying. I like, bet he would have I think the, 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 the idea that like all offseason you, you think everything's on fire, right? And then like for the last month you put out every fire and then you walk in today and you should be like expecting a trophy and be like, look at this is what I've done. The fire is gone. And then you're like, ah, damn it, another fire? <laughs> I mean, that's the job, though, right? Comes to the territory, I think, yeah. And he, I mean, he did go out of his way, like, asked about Bill O'Brien, asked about the guys they brought in and transfers, even asked about, like, Dom Kirks. Like, he always, a couple times, like, tried to bring it back to, like, all those guys decided to come back. It's, like, a huge freaking deal Mm -hmm. that, at this point, I almost feel like we're taking for granted a little bit. Um, And we shouldn't, because, like, it's not ordinary. I don't know that we'll ever see that happen at Ohio State again, quite frankly. I mean, they've had large groups decide to come back, but, like, hasn't happened in like a decade at least and in a place like Ohio State I don't think it should ever be the expectation like it's kind of a special thing that has happened with with this group and, and I'm glad that Ryan Day tried to remind us of that a couple of times even kind of in the whirlwind of all the stuff that Bernard's talking about well to your point Bill I mean in the grand scheme of things it's not something that you actually want Ohio State to have to do if you're yeah, talking sure. about the one or two percent that's all missing from all of their individual resumes like he talked about the difficulty that Marvin Harrison Jr. was having in his decision to go because he's not going to be able to do that and he can't get that opportunity back. He's in a, in a rare situation, obviously, compared to the rest of these guys as a, a surefire top five pick and, and maybe higher in that five than, you know, who knows what that'll actually look like in April. But, you know, 
it's great for this group and it's great for the potential of the 2024 Ohio State team. And it, and it did perhaps inspire some other guys to want to join that. But you don't want to duplicate it because you want to keep churning these guys out and turning them into NFL draft picks. And you want it to be because they already have gold pants and they already have yeah. championship rings. And, and this group, I, I, I've we've recently talked to, you know, Emeka Ibuka about some of this stuff. And like, I think the, the realization across the program about getting over that finish line and finding the extra two, whether that's in workouts, whether that's in a decision to stay an extra year, whether that's in Ryan Day's decisions to make, you know, multiple coaching staff changes, that's healthy. I've, I have felt like in previous years, there's been this talk about self-evaluation from, from top to bottom in the program, but only half measures to correct it. I don't get that sense at all from this offseason. This is a it is a cliche. This is an all-in situation. And if there's anything that has to be tackled to get that extra 2%, they're doing it. Yeah, we've, we've, when Ryan Day took over this program, there was all this talk about, you know, how is he going to make it his program? And it's six years in now, like it's his program, but you can go back to the, some of the parts of the Urban Meyer era and find things that were important, like the plus two, mm -hmm. like that plus two mattered. Like that was the defining characteristic of the program for those seven years. Like you, you can go to the edge, but you still have to go a little further. And I don't know that in the last few years, they've always been willing to do that. And I, I think even, and I'm going to probably step on my own words from the last few weeks, because I think the hiring of James Laurinaitis is a, is a thing that has to happen. The promotion of James Laurinaitis is something that has to happen. But if you decided against that and you're doing that because you think then we can get better, then I'm all for it. Sure. And I, and I think that that's actually a conversation where the old Ryan Day probably doesn't even consider whether or not he needs to promote James Lornitis mm -hmm. and just does it because it's what's expected and he's been here and he's a Buckeye legend. And maybe, you know, if, if you don't, you risk losing him to the NFL. Those are things that I think the old Ryan Day probably would have put a lot more stock into than he's now doing. And I, I think that's just another sign of that improving mindset of his to say, hey, I have to be the football coach at Ohio State, the head football coach of everything. And like it's a it's a hard adjustment to go from being an offensive coordinator mindset to a CEO mindset. Like that is a big adjustment. And but, especially if you're not around a bunch of guys who have taught you how to do it. And he's and he's not been. Because Urban Meyer's been out of here for six years. Like he's not had those those other coaches that have been able to guide that. And, and I think that Again, I'm, uh, that's my biggest thing today. I'm going to walk away from this going, man, he, he, I think the light is fully on as what his job here has to be and what not just his job has to be, but the next head coach at Ohio State has to be because the, the sport has changed so much. You can't be worried about the minutia of third and seven from the 21-yard yeah. line. You just can't. I think that's a, a really good point, Berm, about the 10th spot and where James Laurinaitis fits in this and whether that's a special teams coordinator role, which, which Ryan Day, you know, publicly confirmed was was on the table for him and that he was comfortable going either direction I, I think like from the outside we all have an opinion about what the best use of that is it doesn't the way Ryan Day talked about putting his own hands on special teams leads me to believe that he and doesn't, doesn't actually want to hire a special teams coordinator but we've been asked Bill over and over and over why hasn't this happened like what's the holdup and like it's hard to know for sure what Ryan Day is thinking. Today is a little bit of a peek into that, that maybe Berm's hypothesis here is right. If you are leaving no stone unturned, you want to make sure, absolutely sure that James Laurinaitis is the guy, fine. I've said this over and over. Like, I wanted more urgency, but Ryan Day's other part of that is you react, but you don't overreact. And 
Yeah, if if James Orlandis has been a football coach for two years, there's there's a real chance you can hire someone who's been who's a better football coach than James Orlandis is right now. Now maybe he's not as good of an ambassador for the program. Maybe he won't be the full time recruiter that James is. All those things are probably true, but he's still only been a football coach in in a GA for two years. So it's not like you're getting what you would consider a fully formed, highly functional, I don't need to hold this guy's hand type of coach. Like mm. th there is a learning curve and maybe this is the wrong year to have a learning curve. I mean, Ryan Day just got rid of two in-house promotions who weren't qualified to do their job, right? Yeah. So I'm not, I'm not saying that James Laurinaitis is not qualified, but I, I think that's in the back of his head as he tries to figure out what to do with this. And I think where they're at right now, you you don't need to have as much urgency with that spot. Like like James has filled in the recruiting void over now the you're last in a month dead or period. so, and like now you're in a dead period. So like you get to evaluate the coach and figure out what's what's best there. I kind of agree with you, Austin, that um, the way that Ryan Day had talked about being a Volvo special teams leads me to believe that he would prefer to not hire another special teams coordinator. Um, and I'm actually like kind of excited about the idea of Ryan Day being more involved with special teams. Like clearly, it's the area where they're most efficient, and I think he needs to help them be better. Deficient. Oh, efficient. I'm sorry. There was a plane going on. <laughs> we're, we're in the flight pattern again. Um, and Ryan Day needs to help them elevate that. But I don't, like, it has frustrated me as someone who's covered Ohio State that, that they don't treat special teams as a weapon. And I wonder if, like, Ryan Day, who's giving up offensive play calling but might be more involved with special teams, like, might scratch that itch a little bit by weaponizing, for lack of a better word, their special teams a little more than they have. Well, I, I bet he's pretty tired of having to explain special teams deficiencies away yeah like the head coach shouldn't be getting weekly questions about the special teams unless they're like intimately involved and they're pretty successful they don't want to do that otherwise like uh, we've spent way too much time talking about that over the last couple of years so if he feels like he has to correct that or if he winds up deciding that uh a hire has to be made there i mean certainly he will have given it plenty of thought because moving on for Par from parker fleming was a pretty widely known going to happen at the end of the season. So th this is now two months since that point, two plus months. So um, I did think that he would have a little bit of resolution by now. But again, you look at the NFL season is not even officially over until Sunday. You have <clears throat> the coaching carousel spinning at both levels. So, you know, maybe there is a spot here where you don't have to be ready till the first week of March. There could be a candidate that you don't even know about. I mean, Bill O'Brien, I think, sort of fit that bill as well. Yeah, and again, <clears throat> you're dealing with uh, the potential for a linebacker coach or a special teams coach. It's or not, a, second defensive, or, line or a coach. second defensive line coach. It's not a position that you're expecting or counting on to come in and set the tone for the entire program or the entire defense. Or So you can be diligent and, and a little bit more patient with this than you expected. Plus, he's now having to deal with the Bill O'Brien curveball, and it probably takes a little bit of that focus off right. of what you do there. Bill, for the uh, current roster, anything jump out to you? Uh, yeah, I thought it was interesting, some of the offensive line talk. Uh, you Ryan, did? Yeah, yeah, believe it or not. My, <laughs> That's my so perked, weird. My ears perked up a little bit when the question was asked. Um, <laughs> left the door open, I think, for Josh Fryer to potentially move to guard. I don't think he left that door open, Bill. I well, think he opened the door and yeah, said this open. is probably yeah, going to happen. Probably the better way to put it. Um, which, like, I kind of anticipated. I think it makes a lot of sense for Josh. Like, I, th I think Josh could be a very good guard. Um, and then he was asked specifically about Tiger Shabola and Luke Montgomery and said, like, yeah, it's a big spring for them. But then, like, prior to that, he kept alluding to, like, young guys on the offensive line that I think were really exciting to him, to Bill O'Brien, who, who's watched the tape and evaluated the position group. So I think between, like, you know, moving Josh Fryer inside and then sort of 
letting Tegra and Luke have a really competitive situation in the spring to figure out who your right tackle is going to be um, is an exciting proposition for Ohio State. And like I, I, that that is a course of action that I would take. And then if you come out of that and you don't think that you have a guy to play right tackle, maybe you do what you did last year with with Josh Simmons. But I, I really do believe that the answer to right tackle is already on this roster. Um, and I kind of got the sense that Ryan Day feels the same way. I think he he went 98% of the way of saying that. Yeah. I mean, yeah. It was asked in a way that was like, are you going to reevaluate after spring? But it was more like he said, I think what's in the room right now. He also said this for the entire roster, but also it was he was specifically asked about the offensive lines. Like, I think that the answers that we have to win a national championship are already in the building. That there's not... And they've done a lot of roster management already. Yeah, I'm a noted gambler and wildly successful at it. Is. Um, they call him Burn the Greek. And so I would probably put <laughs> the, I would burn. probably put like minus six fifty on Luke Montgomery being the right tackle Ooh, for Ohio State okay. right now. I think he is the clear favorite. Well, so what can we get on a flyer on Tegra? Yeah, well, I'm going to give you a on plus one one ten. Yeah, I'll take that. Uh, uh, those, <laughs> those odds don't balance. <laughs> they do to me. Okay. Famed gambler guy. Yeah. Uh, I just think it's clear, as you said, like they believe what they have here. There was a push this offseason. You know, uh, it is signing day. So Ryan, Ryan Montgomery, Luke Montgomery's younger brother, is still a very highly sought after recruit uh, around the country quarterback in the class of 2025. Won't sign until next year. But if you don't think that teams around the country are telling Ryan and his dad, hey, by the way, if Ryan wants to come here, we could bring Luke in as well. Because that cannot be the reason you pick him, though. No, that's no, no, what no. I'm, with, not that's, I'm not saying it would be the reason. I'm not saying it would be the reason. I'm saying that it, 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 it's it's that conversation is not the reason why I think Ohio State would pick Luke Montgomery. But I would be. I, I think they understood like this is a talent that we yeah. do not want to let out of here. Um, he was a top forty recruit in the country as a guy who played offensive line for. A couple of years and, and finally put it, changed his body. Like Luke Montgomery is a f- future NFL football player. And I don't think that there's anyone in this building that doubts it. And I don't doubt it. And you just need to make sure that he gets every opportunity to win that job this this. They, they put him on the field as a freshman, yeah. right? Like you don't do that unless you yeah. believe in an offensive lineman at Ohio State. It does have to be, though, about Luke specifically. I mean, I think that's. Minus 650. <laughs> um, plus 400 for Tegra. Was that better? Did you? Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, first way. <laughs> did you think that was a? I don't know. It wasn't definitive. A strong lean towards Sonny playing linebacker in the spring. Yes, I did. Um, he said similar things about about trash fire. What he said about any guy who's made the position switch, right? Like they sort of have to embrace it. They don't want it necessarily to be a mandate. But we already knew that Sonny was kind of thinking along those lines based off what he said last year. So. Uh, Ryan Day did not, you know, definitively say like, yes, Sonny is playing linebacker, but I, I felt like he said enough to make me think that Sonny's going to It wasn't linebacker. the first answer when he was asked specifically about Sonny that makes me think that. It was the second time when they yeah. came back around, like, what position should some of these guys play? It's like, well, you have to be invested like Sonny is. Um, okay. Well, we already know that Sonny is invested in the yeah. future playing linebacker because physically he's going to have to. Yeah. He's too big. So, yeah. Anything else? Bro? Too big, too fast, too strong. Uh, no, I mean, I, fast, I thought, obviously people want to talk about quarterbacks. I, I, he, Ryan Day, seemed to be reluctant to go to the line and say, Will Howard is our guy. But, like, everyone knows Will Howard's going to be the guy. A lot of positive talk about Devin Brown's attitude, which is not a surprise, the way he's handled the last few weeks. Uh, I, I would like to, to get a little bit more. I, I wish on a day like today, obviously we, we normally get Mark Pantone on signing day, who Ryan Day gave a big shout-out to. Uh, early enrollees. That would be nice. If not those guys, then Mick Moratti. Um, just to get some sense of where things are at in these mm-hmm. in this first month of, of workouts, 
That's not to say we won't get Mick Marotti in two weeks or something like that, but uh, I think that there's a, a lot of little important pieces that we don't get a chance to get answers mm -hmm. to yet because there's so many big picture items to discuss that you know Ryan Day isn't being asked about what does Jeremiah Smith look like in, in workouts or um, which we'll find out more later. But you know uh, overall, like I just really liked the. I really felt for the first time in his time at Ohio State, Ryan Day is dialed in to being the head coach at Ohio State and not just the guy who's the head coach of the offense. I agree. I think you're right. I, I kind of felt that too. And I think comparing that to the way that you know, Bill and I alluded to on the podcast daily, comparing that to Selection Sunday to now, dramatic difference. Yeah, it's I mean, not a knock on him to say it, that. Like it, he, he's, he's learning how to be a, a head coach, and this is a tough spot to learn on the fly. Yeah, without question. I don't think anybody diminishes that part of it, but you still have to go out and perform the job or else you don't get to keep it. That's, he, he understands that part, and he understands that the criticism and the scrutiny comes with the territory as well, and he, he's certainly aware that he, says, he has said this since day one. He said it when he was an interim coach. If you don't think it's important, try losing a game. Like he understands that this is a year that's going to be different, and uh, whether he wants to acknowledge publicly how different that pressure feels for him, he he quoted C.J. Stroud that it's a privilege to have that pressure, and I, I think that that's informed a lot of what's happened at Ohio State over the last two months, and it gave us a chance to finally catch up with him and hear about it from Ryan Day on Wednesday at the Woody. Thanks for joining us for some Snap Judgments. They are presented by Buyers Auto. We have a lot more coming as the week rolls on, and we dive, dive into more of that content from an hour-long conversation with Ryan Day. That's Bill Landis and Jeremy Birmingham. I am Austin Ward. We will talk to you later.